What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Grace's Space. We're here today again with our special guest at Gym Fan 5, Connor McCool. Everyone say hello. So happy to be here. Happy to be back. Yep. So we already know all of his opinions, so we can get right into the Pop-Tart today. This one's kind of fun. It's the Dunkin' Donuts collaboration Frosted Vanilla Latte. I've never seen that before. I think they were limited edition last year. Interesting. I'm not the biggest coffee guy, so I'm not sure I would love it. But I have a feeling they'd probably make it sickeningly sweet enough that I'd still enjoy it. Yeah, I think that's about how it would go. I mean, even in this picture of the Pop-Tart on the the box, they have the vanilla latte and it's topped with a crap load of whipped cream so safe to say there's a lot of sugar in there perfect i kind of feel like it would be good like you get just like the little hint of coffee where it's not like super bitter no like kind of like coffee ice cream you know it's like yeah yeah it's not like overwhelming but it's like you know i think it'd be interesting if they made it a permanent flavor like i feel like there'd people that'd be into like a coffee pop tart vibe (laughs) Like, isn't that, like, the perfect, like, breakfast? You get your coffee, and then you toast your Pop-Tart, put it on top of your coffee mug. Literally, like, yeah, you should sell that to them. Yeah, I'd be like, bring this back, guys. You could make so much money. This is why I need to be sponsored. Exactly. If you're listening. Gracious Space brought to you by Pop-Tarts. See, that just, it would just sound so good. I read at the beginning mm-hmm. of my podcast, this was brought to you by Pop-Tarts. Yeah, I think that one would be good. And I actually feel like the vanilla latte flavor would go well with, like, the crust. True. It'd be, like, actually balance out the blandness. Right. So, yeah, I would try this one if it still existed, but I don't think it's Totally. So, that's unfortunate. But you know what does exist? Illini, women's and men's gymnastics. Totally lots going on this year so let's start with the women's team i think it's gonna be a big year for them i i really do think so i hope so i have a lot of high hopes from just being like watching like practice i'm in the gym with them a lot and then going to their inner squads they look awesome i'm super excited so let's start with going over which routines we lost Luckily for them, they graduated zero seniors. Um, the two that were going to graduate, well, they graduated Shayla Scott, but she had already medically retired last year, so they I she was wasn't competing. So about that, so upsetting. She, her floor and beam, just that was sad. Um, but so Mallory Mizuki had a fifth year because she had an injury. Um, I guess she still has a COVID year too. She won on another one. Anyway, um, Rachel Borden is a big one. She came back. She took her COVID year. She had a red shirt as well because she walked on her like sophomore or junior year. Um, so she's coming back. So they lost zero. Routine. Actually, they ended up losing one vault. Um, Lexi Powell decided she was going to be done after this year. She's like uh, moving on to the business world. She's got an accounting job. So she's, you know, yeah, she's moving up in the world, uh, but she decided that she needed to step away to pursue that because she had a lot of opportunities there. So they did lose. She just did a, a Yurchenko full, which they were able to replace by a couple people. So in terms of like major loss routines, there really weren't any. That's very exciting for them because they also have some big routines coming in. Yeah. I'm excited. So like freshman, like um, Aaliyah Byrne, she's like back-to-back national champion on floor, um, like triple full, two and a half pike and double pike. Uh aria or ari sorry ward she has really nice floor she's really pretty decent all around her nice nice beam good swing on bars she's gonna be a factor in a lot of events um haven't seen a ton of her yet because she's been like kind of managing some injuries but um the stuff she's been doing has been really really nice but very excited for Aaliyah. and then even the other two freshmen um emma white i am so excited for people to see her beam Cause she's like very like um just a, like she's tall she's six foot, so she's very long lines and it yeah it lends very well to beam, 
Um, like she does a pipe front toss that I swear she hangs in the air for like five seconds. And then her like series, like the history layout is just so floaty and beautiful and she doesn't wobble ever. So that's going to be like, if once she gets comfortable with that, um, I think kind of like as she like grows throughout the college career, I think she's going to be like a nine, nine plus routine that could easily score super well. So that one's, I don't know how much she's going to be a factor this year, just because they have they had such a good, um, just kind of chemistry with their beam lineup towards the end last year. They struggled a bit most of season, but once Mia Towns got back, who is healthy and looking good, um, that kind of she was the keystone that I think brought everything together. They had a good five. That sixth one is the one they're struggling with. So like Mia Takakawa, obviously on beam, Amelia Knight's looking great, Mallory Mizuki. Rachel Borden's kind of been their leadoff for like ever. And then who's the last one? That's really gonna bother me that I can't remember this. Oh, Abby Miller. She was made her way into the lineup and she's just super, super solid and looks great. So but they have options like on every event. I guess we should probably start with like Vault. Um Vault, like they had Rutu, Nataraj, and Mia Times had one and a half at the end of the season. Um so that's – they're still looking great. The big one for me is Katie Ewald. Um, she was coming in. She had a handsome front pike, and she's working the pike half, like, basically since she got here. And she, it looks really, really good right now. Finally, I think it's getting to the point where she'll probably – she exhibitioned it a couple of times. It got to her feet. But I think it's going to be, like, really, really well done this year and score well. So that could be another potential 10-0. Um, and then – Araya Simons, who like she got like she scored really really well on her full last year, but she's got a booming one and a half that she can figure out the landing. Like she sticks it, it could totally be a ten. Um, so hopefully she can like she's still working on the landing. Obviously, it's a lot different than the full, but if she can get that in lineup, it's going to be huge. So I think they're going to still at least have two tenos up to four. Um, but even if they don't, they have like a bunch of good fulls. Like Mia Takakawa scored like nine nine. Um, Areas, if she doesn't get the one and a half or full, she's got a nine nine five on that. Uh, Michaela Green's coming back from Achilles tear. She's like a big, big recruit they had coming in last year. Like she got second to Skyla Schulte at nationals her senior year. Um, so she was really, she was really um, decorated in her junior career. So coming back from Achilles tear, she should be in right there on vault. Cadence Fitz- Fitzgibbon, who was a freshman last year that had um, came in with like a Liz Frank tear. She's back. Um, and really nice vault. So they have a lot of people returning from injury that we didn't get to see in action last year. So like the depth, like part that they were lacking, they had a good five on every event. But it was like, if, if like someone was out, like when Mia Towns was like injured most of last year, like just things kind of went wrong. It's like now I don't foresee that being an issue if they have, they could probably be able to like, so like Mia Takahara probably doesn't have to do all around every meet this year. Like they can kind of make some adjustments. Yeah, I feel like Vault, they definitely had a lot of room to improve and just like with consistency of having the 10.0 star values. Yeah. So have more options. And then yeah, also, I think it's just funny that you mentioned the Liz Frank tear because my I was in biomechanics today and my teacher like mentioned it and she's like, you probably don't know what that is. You should look it up. And I didn't look it up. That's funny. It's also so like that one is a kind of debilitating. A lot of people just don't are never the same after it. it's like in the top of your foot or whatever. Um, some sort of tendon of some sort. I don't really know. I'm not a Kines guy. But um, Aaliyah Byrne also had one last year, and she didn't compete, like, all year on floor. And then she just showed up to regionals and nationals and won. So it's it's pretty, like, tough to come back from. I don't really exactly – I think it's something to do with, like, blood flow. It doesn't get a lot. So when it's injured, it doesn't heal well. I have – that's, like, where my stress fracture is, like, the top of my foot on the outside of my foot. And that's mm-hmm. why it didn't heal. There's no blood there. Also, I have right now. Yeah. It's like even less luck there. Oh, yeah, that's tough. So, like, it's impressive that both of them came back from that because it can, like, a lot of people just don't really tumble the same after. But it looks like Vault, they have, like, I'd, I think they probably went, like, they had 10 girls vaulting at their last inner squad where, like, my freshman or sophomore year, we'd, they'd be lucky to field a lineup at this point in season. So they have a history of being just not a good vault team. Um, but I think like last year they topped out like 49-4. Scoring was a little um, questionable, but uh, they have like they have the two one and a halfs, which like Ruchi was competing all summer like Commonwealth and World Cups for India, so she's like pretty fit still. And then Towns looks like so much better than ever. I was posting some videos on my Twitter from the inner squad, but like she's flying. So I think that 
if if they only end up with two 10-0s, they'll have four more really good fulls at the back end, so they should be okay. Um, I think they'll, like, my freshman year, like, I got really excited when they broke 49. So, um, in terms of growth, like, I don't expect, like, that's not going to be an issue. Yeah. I think that's definitely, like, one of the best things you can do to kind of move up the ranks as a team. Because vault difficulty scores tend to be a very big, like, divider between those. Yeah, and they're just much harsher on vault. Like, if you do, like, a not great, like, just one error, like, ends up being, like, uh, not great your trinkle fool is like a nine six five versus like if you mess up like a little thing like an equal deduction on other events I feel like doesn't hit you as hard like since it's just one piece like one skill the judges right, are a like, lot more they can't ignore it except they do a lot but still but like they take height they take like off center they take distance like there's a lot more like so if you like don't have a dynamic full it's a lot bigger of a deal than if you like catch a Jaeger close like so it's there's a big swing between like the really nice done fulls and the ones that are like maybe a foot lower and a foot closer, like score like two tens lower, just because even if they're like not that much worse, the way like it's just so subjective, Vault ends up getting killed. So I think the new like so they got a new assistant coach, Ross Thompson, who came in, he was at the club ranks like in New Jersey for a while. He's actually in a men's gym alone from Illinois. So um he's coming back. So he has like made an unbelievable impact already like working a lot on just like technique and breaking down the vaults and spotting it's like there's like just some consistency in every skill their floor vault looks so much better so fast so i'm super excited for that because those are the events i feel like sometimes they had some issues on mm-hmm. for like bars they're like i don't think their lineup's going to change to be honest uh they didn't lose anybody they got a couple good like, Michaela Green's got a really nice, like, Shaposh pack, Shaposh half routine. Um, so she could make her way in there. And Katie Ewald, like, was in and out last year. So I think they could probably swap her in. But, like, the final lineup was, like, uh, Mia Takakawa, Olivia O'Donnell, Amelia Knight, Mallory, Rachel Borden, and Araya. And, like, that one, like, at regionals, like, they went, like, 49-5, stuck all five, six dismounts. Like, um, I think that's pretty – I think they're going to be pretty happy with that, but I could see them swapping in just for some I feel choices. Like the main problem wasn't necessarily the quality of the routines, more just the consistency. Yeah, they do have some issues like um, Big Tens, like we like Ray, or Olivia O'Donnell fell on her first routine as an Illinois gymnast at Big Tens. Like that was kind of an outlier, but Araya, like when she hits, it's like stunning. Like she has a huge ray, like beautiful, like lines, like her giant folds on top of her dolbax, like ginormous. But, like, sometimes she does have consistency issues. But, like, so it's kind of a uh, uh, crapshoot whether or not, like, you go for it because she could go 995, but then she could also fall. But um, I've been watching her in training, and, like, she's missed, missed like, no raise, like, as I've watched and, like, stuff. So I think her consistency is going to be up because she wasn't able to train, like, very consistently last year for a number of reasons. So I think this year she's, like, a lot more healthy and stuff. So, but either way, they have options on bars if they do want to make swaps. But I liked their lineup last year when, towards the end, like at regionals, they really got. They were looking really good. Yeah. With Beam, it's basically the same thing. Uh, there are like some people are adjusting to like you can't do the aerial full anymore, like Mia Towns and yeah. Amelia Knight did that side summy full off the side or back or whatever. Um, so they both had to learn new dismounts. Like that could be a challenge. Like I think a lot of teams are going to struggle with that. Like Utah, like five of their six were aerial fulls. It's because that like, one's like, I, used to stick. <laughs> yeah, so like, I'm I'm happy they made the change. Yeah. Um, I still think it's, I think it's unnecessary, like crazy that a gainer pike off the end is still a C, but an aerial full isn't allowed. Because like that one's like a little scary. You have to do it once and you're over it and you'll never not stick it. So like that one's a little bit unnecessary to me, but whatever. Um, but yeah, so like there's a couple people that have to make those changes, but they have like that lineup, which is talk. Um, Rachel Borden, Mallory, Amelia, Abby, and Towns. But then they have like Emma White, uh, Katie Ewald, which really good on beam. She like she made it lineup a couple times last year, but she was doing like front toss back handspring as her series. But she learned a back handspring layout, and like literally she never falls on it. It's wild. It's so good. Um, and she does like the cool like um, gain a Rudy off the end, which is fun. Um, yeah, I like at the kick one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who else? Is great on beam. Uh, Aaliyah looks really good. She has a good series. She has a double pull off the end, which I always appreciate. Um, 
Araya was in lineup a couple times last year. Like she's got really good lines and like leaps and stuff. So like they've got they've got some options, but I liked their final six last year. They really like those six like never fell, like knock on wood. But um just figuring out the new dismounts for those two I think will be the biggest challenge. But I have faith. Yeah. It's just nice that they have room to play with these lineups now. Yeah. Versus last year, like when Towns was out, they literally were like putting a new person in every week because they couldn't yeah. find consistency. And that was that was a struggle. So now that they have like Towns looks great and like everyone seems to be very healthy. Mia Takao looks like the best she's ever looked. Like her vaults are huge. She's doing full twisting double layout on bars. Um her beam looks awesome. She's like might put an upgrade in there. I'm not sure on beam. And then floor, she's doing an e pass now. So Really? Yeah, front double full is a hope. Nice. Yeah, Beam's going to look most of the same. Floor, I think, is where you're going to see, like, the most changes. Like, Abby Miller has had a full in on floor since she got here and, like, wasn't able to compete it. Not not her decision, perhaps. But I like the uh, – there's, like, a balance, like, obviously, of letting girls train hard passes and then also limiting, like, the stress on your body. Um so I like like Ross's methodology so far is kind of like do one good one of the past you can already do and then work the upgrades instead of working like a ton of reps of the past you already have. Like he's like women have been doing double pikes since they're 12. Like they don't have to do like a bunch. So they're, they're working a ton of upgrades. Like right now, like Abby's full in is huge. I posted another, like that one was on my Twitter from the inner squad. Rutu, she did full in um, at Commonwealth and stuff. So like all summer. So like that one should easily make it in. Um, and then Michaela Green hasn't done it yet because she's still working back from the Achilles tear, but she had a massive full in. I think the plan is to get that in for season, but like right now she's doing like a dull pike, lay full, double tuck routine. And then you know, I just saw Caden Fitzgibbon doing full ends like two days ago. So they have like four potential full ends. They still have Mia Towns front double full, Amelia Knight's front double full, and then Talk is doing a front double full. So like they feasibly could have a pa- like a whole lineup of E passes. I don't know if they'll actually get that. Because, like, Katie Ewald let off. She liked the Rudy layout step-out routine. And, like, that was so consistent and reliable. Like, it was kind of just a guaranteed 9.85. So, actually, she's doing a front double four right now, too. So, we'll see. Like, they have they have so much difficulty that I think they're pushing. And, like, I'm, I'm interested to see how it ends up. But they have, like, six or seven girls doing e-passes in routines right now. And then they have, like, Michaela Green, who's doing double pike routine, and then Caden, who's doing double pike routine, which is still really good. Emma White has double pike routine. Oh, and Aaliyah. Oh, my God. Turbo full. So, yeah, they have a lot of E passes. So, and Ari has a front double full. Holy crap. They have a ton of E passes. That's going to be a good floor lineup because they always have good routines, too. I always like watching their floor. Yeah, and oh, my God, Mia Town's floor team is so good. She got a new one. It is unreal. Um. She choreographed it like like had a lot of input in that, and then she's also starting to choreograph. I like she is choreographing like um, one of the freshmen, Tali Jolson's routine, like helping out with other people's. So I'm excited. That's and even Mal- Mallory Mizuki is training floor again, which like she hasn't really done because she like has torn two ACLs since she's been here. So like last year was the first season she competed. Um, so like this is her fifth year, so she's trying to do floor again. She did front double full punch front and club, so like she could even get back. So like floor options is out of control, but I think it's I can honestly see them sticking with the lineup from last year, um, because Abby was in it already. So I had her full in Towns and then Talk and like maybe and Amelia scored so well too. So like this is gonna be such a battle because then you want to put like Michaela who's like. So consistent. Aaliyah's two-time national champion on floor, but then Katie never misses. So it's like I, I am like not like do not envy being like Ross or Natalie who have to pick that floor lineup because that is stacked. The only one problem they might have is that just like not finding the right combination because there's so many choices. I was just trying like you have to try them out to figure out who's gonna like. You never know how people are gonna react in competition and stuff, especially freshmen. Like it's just. So that could be like the only thing I could foresee coming, but and then um, also the, out the new e passes because if they don't have you don't have to do an e pass, so they might like try them out and then maybe go back to the easier routine if that's that's what happened a ton last year. Like Abby warmed up her full in, like even as far as like the two minute touch or four minute touch, whatever it is in women's, like I like at meets, like she would <laughs> like warm it up right before and then they would just decide not to. 
Um, so I think Ross is going to be a little bit more, I don't want to say aggressive, but he's going to push the e-passes because like it, they all start from a 10, of course, but it's subjective. So like, like it does make a difference. Um, so there's a reason the best teams do e-passes because they know it scores better. So I think he's aware that that's like the one thing that's kind of holding them back on floor is the difficulty piece. So in a ball. So what are your kind of expectations for them conference regionals wise? Um, I could be like super bullish or not. I don't know. So like, you can be like what's their potential and then like where they could. If, if the scoring is anything like it was last year, if they have a good meet, they should go 198. Like if they have like one of those meets, like they did like on senior night and stuff where like just things are, they're doing really well and the scores are flying. They could totally hit 198. My expectation is that they have 197 NQS, like absolutely. Um, the one thing for them is they starting out the season strong. They always seem to start out slow. But like so far, like their inner squads are going like 196s right now. So like, and like I, there's inner squads my freshman year where they'd like all walk in, I'd like go over and they, they'd be all set because they went 191. So like it's, there's a big, change so I think right now they're way more prepared like you could put them up and do a meet like tomorrow and they could field lineups and probably go 196 plus so my expectation is that they'll go 197 they got like four or five towards the end of the season but I think that it's going to be pretty consistent throughout the year um so for like oh, big tens is tough I expect them fully expect them to be better than Minnesota and Iowa just like Minnesota lost so much didn't really quite gain as much um and like they're kind of relying on like Kiari Salas and stuff who like have consistency issues and like obviously mine is really really good but there's only so much one person can do um so like I expect them to be better than Minnesota better than Iowa um the kicker is Ohio State looks awesome as well they had a great year last year I think we're going to be very competitive I haven't looked a ton into their freshmen but I think my understanding is they're pretty pretty good you will um, they also lost we will have a preview on them later on. So, yeah. okay, I'll, I'll listen to Ava's episode. <laughs> but um, yeah, so like that'll be interesting to see how that goes. But they had a really, really nice team last year, so I think we should be right. We were right with them all year, pretty much, like within one or two ranks. So I think the battle between the top four, I, I think we should all we should be a night session. My guess is the night session is going to be Michigan, Michigan State, Illinois, and Ohio State. That's my guess. Um. Big Ten's going to be really competitive this year. Really? There's so much parity. Because uh, even so, like, Minnesota won't be as good as last year, but they still could, like, throw it together. Like, they're not – I don't think they're going to – they still might be top 20. Just, like, I think they're going to be a little bit back. And then Iowa lost, like, a couple people. But, like, they still have, like, that Sydney Turner. Is that is she going to Iowa? They yeah. have one international recruit. Like, they have a couple – Iowa State. I don't remember. But they still have, like, Adam Kenlin – yeah, they have a couple big names still. They only graduate like Lauren Guerin and Claire. Use Alex Greenwald too. Oh, and Claire. That's Claire sad. She? She's she was like a sixth year last year. Yeah. So she's de- definitely done. I don't know if Alex Greenwald's done or not. I think but, she Yeah, um, they, they all actually they had a pretty big it. senior class. Bridget Killian, Karina Tolan, was she done last year? They they lost a lot. So it'd be interesting to see other freshmen. Because, like, freshmen, like, are such a crapshoot. They could be complete contributors, like Natalie Wojcik and never miss, or they could kind of struggle to gain momentum. So I think that's what, like, gives Illinois the edge is they didn't lose anybody, really. Yeah. It's like other like other people lost, like, huge names, and they do have big recruits to back it up, but you just don't know no, like, if it's going to. have the experience behind them. Right. So, like, at the very least, they're not going to be worse than the end of last year, which was 197s. So, like. That's why I'm feeling really, really hopeful. Michigan State looks is definitely awesome. But I think they could be competitive. I think Michigan is still going to be far and away the favorite in Big Ten. But I think top three, even like I don't think if Illinois had a really good day, I don't think two is no or like second in Big Ten. Well, even like Michigan has a history of botching Big Tens. Like yeah, Michigan, Minnesota's last. won a couple times. Yeah, last year like Minnesota's won a couple times. So like, I don't think it's like a guarantee for anybody. So like, I they absolutely should be in the night session, um, and I think that they'll be competitive for podium absolutely in top two even so yeah for regionals be- yeah um regionals I like they should I mean they got completely shafted last year 
from their regional selection. Like LSU almost made day two with like a 196.4 and they got a 196.3 like, and didn't make day two. So it's like, or 197.3. Like they literally scored almost like a point higher, like eight tenths higher than like Iowa who made day two like the Raleigh regional and Illinois didn't. It was just because like Stanford like just started performing out of their skin. Oregon State was obviously good. And like Illinois, I think the ranking suffered because they had the struggle early in the year, but then they finally found their stride. Maybe didn't get to replace all the low scores. It's like Oregon State was obviously very good. And then Utah. But like it was so close between Utah or Oregon State, um, Stanford and Illinois, it was like a tenth. So like if, even if they get a better regional selection, they should have made second day. Um but I think I expect they should at least make second day. I would hope that they I think they should still send individuals. Like Mia Takawa, like she could totally go for all around. Um, Towns could make it on vault and then also floor. Um, Talia, like she's really killing it at the end of the year. They have a couple good floor. Like Abby could totally like go nine nine five on floor. So like I think they if they don't make a team, like I think qualifying a team is possible. Um, it's just so hard because you don't know who the regionals are going to be and it how everything goes. But... It's just like a total crapshoot. Like once you <clears throat> get there, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, there's like one guarantee for each one. Like you walk in, like okay, Utah's going to make it, but like you don't know about Alabama for at least the Seattle one. So like, so like some of them go like as expected, but I think the expectation is to make day two for them for sure. Obviously, teams the goal, but yeah. <clears throat> All right, so we want to move on to the men's team. Woo! So men's NCAA gets approximately no coverage and no attention, which is awesome. Exactly. I I was able to watch a couple of them last year, and I was like, this is so nice. Like, the scoring isn't, like, unbelievably crazy. It was so amazing to, like, not – to, like, watch the gymnastics and not be angry the entire time. Yeah, it's, like, it is refreshing. Um, hopefully when the Big Ten, uh, or is it ESPN or whatever, whatever, they're going to start being able to like cover on. Deal. So I'm, yeah. yeah. So and they I'm should be able to start streaming on Peacock, which like is oh. free with ads. Okay. Hopefully. I don't know if it will be, but like that, so like getting rid of Big Ten Plus would be ideal because it's expensive and not very good. I will admit that it, the new interface they have, like the production quality and stuff, like it allowed, like even if you use the nicest cameras that came through as a potato on there. So like last year, it finally looked like decent like coverage but still expensive and like a lot of people just aren't going to want to fork out the money for that but there are some like OU does a good job they have like they stream theirs on Bally Sports which is free and you can get that on like Roku and stuff and then a lot of people do YouTube streams but like we're like we can't since we're Big Ten we have to use Big Ten Plus and it's not ideal but yeah it's definitely I appreciate I like that it's fake scoring because like even so like a lot of the judges like the judge in, like, Champagne, Butch Zunich, is, like, on the fake board. Like, he, like, lives in Champagne. So, he's, like, judges a lot of our meets. So, like, for a lot of them are, like, FIG certified. So, like, they're pretty legit judging. Sometimes it gets a little bit crazy. Um, but, like, it's still, for the most part, like, within a decent range of, like, actual. Um, yeah. So, like you um, I appreciate that. In the routine. Yeah. So like I'm never gonna say there's never issues, but um, it's definitely better and less widespread than yeah um, in women's. And then, do you want to just like go over kind of the format of it for people who haven't watched? Yeah, men's is a little different. So like obviously we have six events, um, but we do like head to head at meets. So it's five up five count all year. Versus we used to do six up five count for the first half and five up five count for the second half, which I think women should adopt, but. I digress. Five up five count is so much more exciting. Like, right. Cause like, what's like if it's, it's at like when we watch nationals and then someone falls and you're like, oh, maybe something will happen and then it ends up having no effect on their score. That's so boring. Right. Yeah. Like you should like, like at NCAAs, that person who hits the most routine should probably win. Um, so like that is tense, especially because it used to be nice to have the first couple meets out of the way where like you knew you had a buffer, but now we don't. Um, but we now do the head-to-head where it alternates on each event. Um, so, like, on floor, it'll be, like, we're against Ohio State, Illinois, Ohio State, Illinois, Ohio State, Illinois, Ohio State, like, throughout the lineup. So, like, it's kind of cu- cool because it's, like, 
you like try and like one up each other. Like you see, like you saw that routine, so you know exactly what you're up against. And what like, oh, he fell, I'm good, or oh, I need to like really hit the set. That guy did so good. So like, it's cool to like know exactly where you're at because like otherwise, when they're on different events, you have no idea what's going on with the other team because you're consumed with yourself and your team. So it's really a, people didn't like it at first because they thought it was gonna make the meet take longer. But basically, what they did is like each team has dedicated D score judges, and then the E score judges are like there's two and they're for everybody so everyone's just by the same um execution so basically like they just talk like okay i had 1.4 you had 1.5 okay 1.45 and they toss it to the d judge to do the math so all they have to do is just tally it up and make sure that they're within the seven tenth range so it actually moves so quick like you think you have time and you get up there and they're already saluting you That's but good. the one thing i do the one thing i don't love is that they're getting rid of our one touches or oh. condensing them so like last year we had like you warm up first three events and there was a halftime touch so like basically like if you're like you do floor and people like tend to warm up floor last so it's pretty close and then pommel and rings like you're essentially cold like you can keep your body warm but like the skills it's been a while and then you'd warm up the last three or a couple like so i would do like a vault and then i'd go and show vault but now they're changed it to like three periods they're calling it so like floor and horse and then there's a three or four minute like period like break where they have a, a touch and then uh rings vault and then touch and then p bars high bar which is gonna be interesting because i've never done a vault where i didn't have a touch right before it so i'll figure that out but you know you'll yeah. be fine it feels like it's kind of like a draw with whether it's good or bad <laughs> yeah it's like i got lucky because like floor and vault like floor i'd warm up and then immediately compete and then vault, there was a touch before. So like, yeah, the change last year didn't affect me because, like, my freshman year, you just had a touch before every event, like women's. Um, but, like, in the interest of the new format, trying to speed everything up, they condensed the touches, which everyone complained about, but it ended up being a non-issue. Like, people just adjusted. Like, at some point, like, when I go and warm up floor, I don't, like, warm up. I just do my passes. Like, as long as my body's warm, I can – like, at some point when you're yeah. good enough with your routines, you don't have to, like, warm up the layout before your triple four or whatever. Like, right. so, like when you do the touch warm up, you're basically going full out anyway. Yeah. So like as long as you like basically what I made myself be able to do last year is do any of my passes. As long as my body was warm, I could do the pass. So I didn't have any like pass that I needed to like I I had to do like my uh two and up twist and double back. I got rid of doing the double double four, which was scary, but it was just good like confidence wise knowing that I could just walk up and do it. Um so like just like little stuff to help preparation was tough, but like after the first like two meets nobody really had an issue with it anymore and like for like championship meets when it's like like a bunch of different teams there's still a touches so it's really only for dual meets yeah so it should be fine mm -hmm. all right so are you guys losing many routines gaining routines i know you guys have a lot of good recruits coming in the next few years yeah so That's unlike the women's team we lost quite a bit of talent and like Hamish Carter, who's like GB national team member and Clay yeah, Stevens, who's a, yeah, Australian national team member. They contributed a ton. Like Hamish did all around. He's an all American in the all around last year. Clay did like floor ball, P bars, high bar for us. Um, and then we lost Jordan Kovach, who was like a, also, like, you know, really, like, U.S. national team member at one point. So, like, he did a couple events for us. So, like, we lost a lot. And um, we got a crop of freshmen that weren't probably equal swaps or definitely weren't, unfortunately. Sorry, guys, if you're re watching this. Um, but they're really, really hard workers and really dedicated and, like, kind of know the position, like, the, the shoes they have to fill. And they're trying their, like, hell to um, replace them. We're not going to be able to on a couple events. Um, like P-bars and high bar, like they were just mainstays and that's fine. I think what we have going for us is that like now we had a transfer from Iowa, Amari, and we didn't lose any vaulters. So we have like five, two and a half on vault, which not a lot of teams have, unless you're Stanford and you have hands for two and a half and six triple folds. But anyway, um, so like we have like an edge like on vault among other big 10 teams. And then horse is like our big thing. We didn't lose anybody like two major on horse, like Hamish was in. But we have, like, we have options. Like, we have, like, 13 guys who train horse, like, of our 20-person team. And they're all, like, solid. 
it's like last year we were like ranked number one for most of the year. It's like, that's, I think our edge is like, we're not going to be able to get the big scores on like, we'll be, we're great on floor. We have a good line up there. Um, but like rings, P bars, high bar, we're going to struggle a little bit. Um, even rings can be fine. We still have a ton of depth. Like we have Ashton who's like big muscle guy. He like all American big 10 champion. And we have some other guys that are big, really strong. So like, we should have a good ring lineup. A P bar line, a P bar and high bar, we're gonna lose probably like a point each. Hopefully, maybe less. We can get down to five tenths. But like horses, where we like need to like go in, like we hit floor really well and like slam down five horse sets. Hopefully, go like seventy, which is like an average of is it fourteen? It's fourteen. Yeah, it's like average of fourteen, which nobody did last year. But like we're better than we were last year, so like we should be. We got close. We got like sixty nine eight. Um, so like. We're, we need to be the number one horse team in the country to, like, keep ourselves on path for the rest of the meet. It's, like, slam down horse, do our thing on rings, and we've got five big vaults, and then, like, just hit P-bars and high bar. We're not going to be ginormous scores, but <clears throat> enough to just – we have to have, like, a substantial lead built up through the first four. Yeah, um, I think towards the end of the season, the main problem was just consistency. P-bars, yeah. We just have a P-bars curse on our team. Last year was way better. Um, there's still a couple minutes. Like we were leading Michigan by like six points after the first four um, last year. So like, and we had won every meet before that. And we're like, we if we won that meet, we clinched the Big Ten regular season title. Um, so like, and Michigan was just like on paper a better team than us um, by a lot. But they had a ton of falls on horse. We hit five for five, went like sixty nine. So we got like five points just on horse. And then rings and vault, we kept right up with them. And then P-bars, it just was a disaster. We lost the entire lead just on P-bars and then um, and then some. So we were losing, and they just had a little better of a high – like a better high bar team than them. So we needed to be leading going into high bar, which weren't. So, like, that was – like, P-bars is, like, the big thing for us. And I think what we're going to – like, since we lost some talent, the, like, um, comforting thing is that we're not throwing huge sets that are risky probably this year as much. We're going to have, like, three guys that do, like, big sets, like, um, that can go 14, like Michael Fletcher, David Pachinko, and Will Houck. We're all, like, right there and, like, made Big Ten event finals or um, regular season All-American stuff. Like, they're, they've all went 14 last year. But then we lost, like, Hamish, who also went 14, and, like, another solid guy. So, like, well, we'll probably have those back three. Um, and then the first two will just be lower star, but, like, consistent and, like, won't miss. It's, so, like, it, it cannot – it like, we can honestly – get it close to a wash because we had a lot of misses last year on stupid stuff like we'd miss like, one me we had a guy like miss like a one arm giant or like just like easy releases like at this point like our expectation is like we just need to be able to hit and I think guys are very aware of that and we're really grinding out sets like they might not be as hard like Nebraska had like at NCAAs last year had like the lowest difficulty by like 10 points but they went 29 for 30 on the day and nobody else did that. So they were able to like get close. Like I think they went, ended up four, but um, they did well at uh, big tens because of that. Like, so like, we're going to probably do a hybrid. Like we've got difficulty, but we're going to throw up some easier sets, but we're going to hit is the number one thing this year that we're, we struggle with. And like, we're doing a lot of mental training um, with just knowing how to like just perform at big meets. We had guys just kind of lock up, don't do their thing. And they kind of just have silly mistakes. Yeah, that's what I like about the five up five count. Like you really have to have more strategy in all aspects going into it. Whereas with the six up, you can kind of like ignore Throw that. that guy that you're like, oh, like he might get a 15, he might get an 11, but like it's worth the risk. That's not a thing anymore. I remember like even like um, back in like Daniel, like our head coaches there, it was four up six or six up four count, which is crazy that's nasty. all year long. Yeah, so, like, he said, yeah, we threw up this guy who sometimes would do a Yurchenko double full and land in a pretzel, and sometimes he would, like, because, like, back then, like, double fulls, like, were big. Now you have to have a two and a half. Like, it's just the way things have gone. So, like, he was, he's, like, he could do a really clean ball, but sometimes he would just hit the table so bad and land in a crisscross, like, applesauce. So, like, and we would throw him up anyway just because he could, back then, everything was, like, out of a 16. So, he could go, like, 15-8. But, like, so, like, that, that's out the window. Like, you have to hit. Um because, like, at some point, like, if you're doing, like, a 15-4 P-bar set or 15-0, four tenths is, like, not that much. Like, if you can get the 15-0 guy that never misses or the 15-4 guy that's 75% hit, it's definitely, like, a conversation that the coaches are having all the time. Like, right. risk-reward. 
So what are your guys's conference expectations this year? Because I know last yeah. year you underperformed at conference. And NCAAs. Um, yeah, well, we did really well day one at NCAAs. But anyway, um, for Big Tens, our goal is to win. Uh, we think that we're absolutely capable of doing that. We always are. Like, um, Michigan is like the most is very talented. They have Fred Richards coming in. Um, it's yeah. obviously on paper they are a better team, but when you throw big difficulty, there's mistakes, and they have been known to do that in the past. Um, and they have to. They're also relying on a lot of freshmen. Like they lost Cameron Bach, Jake Moore, like these huge names for them. Um, that are no longer in their lineup. So they're going to have to put up a bunch of new people, which you have no idea how that's going to go. Um, so like, we think that we absolutely can rival them because we've got such a lead on horse that other people don't have. And we're stronger floor team than them. At least last year we were. I expect that we'll be right there. And vault were equal. Rings were about equal. Maybe a little, they might be a little bit better, but that, like they were going 66 on horse. We were going 69. So like that, is like our ticket, and as long as we keep using that as our like dominating in that sector, we should be able to keep up with them. So our, our goal is to win, and and that's the thing is we had a discussion about is like everyone like obviously every team wants to win, but it's like if you don't if the people don't believe it, then it doesn't actually hold any power over the team. So we had a discussion about it, and like the guys like one hundred percent were like we believe we can win big times if we want to. So that's the goal going in. Yeah, I think you were definitely capable last year, and absolutely we we had so many falls like. We missed, like, we had a guy ping off on high bar, like, on a dismount. Evan missed, like, his first release in history on high bar. Floor, a guy fell in a press. Like, and then horse, like, that's the thing is, horse is, like, our make or break event. Like, we, if we hit five routines, we can go 70, but also, like, at Big Tens, we went 62, which is just a huge swing. And, like, if we slayed those horse sets, even with the mistakes before, we should have made the podium. But, it's like, it was kind of, like, at that point, the momentum had gone, and I think it was tough. Um, so, like, horse was a big struggle point last year. So, like, if, as long as we can get guys that can perform, like, obviously, we know Ian Skirky can. Like, he is, like, at championships and everything. And then we have, like, we have a good, like, three or four guys. Now it's just finding of the 13 that do horse, who's going to go up there and hit no matter what. So, as long as we can figure out how to, and I, I have full trust in Dan, like, our new head coach who is a horse guy, he will figure that out with our depth. Um He's motivated this year because he's tired of horse being both our biggest strength and our biggest weakness. Um, I have full faith that we'll figure that out. And that's that's our ticket and where we struggled last year. Yeah, I forgot about the coaching change. Big one, yeah. Definitely a whirlwind of a summer because obviously Justin announced he's going to Alabama. And then Dan became interim head coach and then also was the head coach of head of gymnastics for the Maccabi games which are like the like biggest it's like one of the second biggest sporting event like in the world for Jewish athletes yeah. to go to Israel it's like a month-long thing um so like three days after that he left so like we lost Justin Dan's our head coach but he like had already committed to doing this like he also like it's it's his thing he loves it um so like nobody could ask him to not go so we were down to one coach and like a volunteer like alumni who decided to stay for the whole summer. Um, so that was really tough. But, like, coming in, we hired, like, a really good, like, Tim um, McNeil was, like, he's a U.S. national team member. He, like, sixth at Worlds in 2010 or something, 2009. He's really accomplished himself. He was the head coach at Cal before he, like, went into psychology. And then he wanted to get back into gymnastics. So he's a really accomplished coach and athlete. So, like, he's a really great replacement. for And similar just, like, vibes to Justin. Um so like he was able to fill the hole, but Dan is in the role. He's like been a rock star so far, and we're super pumped about. It. He's just very, very analytical about the sport and into strategy. And I think now that he's kind of at the top making those decisions, I think it'll actually make an impact. Because obviously he had input and like could um, say his piece, but he didn't make the final decision in a lot of stuff. So like I think he's got a great strategy, and he's also fed up just as much as we are with the results of the past couple of years. And I think. It's even though we're not the most talented team, I think it like the the amount of times like the not talented teams have like gone on like we our last national championship was in 2012 that was like they were not ranked high at all and they went in and they just hit because that's what they're able to do. Um, at the end of the day, it's just 
strategy hitting is what counts. Talent. Yeah. Always. Especially in, in men's gymnastics, since the score swings can be so large, um, that's like strategy is so much more important. Versus women's, it's kind of like if you like throw this girl versus this girl, it's like a half tenth difference and it doesn't really matter versus you like since it's fake scoring, they take all the deductions versus some of them. So you kind of don't really know how they're going to get scored a lot of times. And um, there's a lot more moving parts. And then finally, how do you guys feel about your new TikTok fame? Uh, it is totally a lot. Um, we were fine with like it was cool. I was like confused. I was getting a lot of followers on TikTok and Instagram because I hadn't posted anything in a while. Um, but then I looked and I was like, dang, the video of our manager asking us what our favorite Taylor Swift song has three million views. Like why? And then someone started sent me a Twitter thread, and wow, Twitter stands are graphic, graphic individuals. Um, I did not read it was, for my own mental health. Yeah, I went to church for the first time in ten years after it's a lie, but <laughs> I just felt like, oh wow, my eyes were. There's some people they behind that fake burner account or whatever stand account they we'll say just about anything and um you know like people appreciate a little bit of attention but there's a there's a line like you know and we're obviously men's gymnastics is in no position to deny any sort of attention so like we're like rolling with it even if it makes us mildly uncomfortable the way people are speaking about us on on twitter but it's like if that gets a couple more followers and stuff we're just not in a position to deny anybody from being interested for any reason whatsoever even if it's kind of gross um, so we're rolling with it. We've taken a step back from the favorite songs a little bit because there was a lot. Um, people need a break. Or we've just gone for people with less um, cutthroat fan bases who are... You really you know, did do some intense fan bases. I mean, there was like a little bit of like a plan there because they knew that would be like something people are... Like Taylor's just big right now. Like we knew that like people might react to that. It was just nobody expected to that degree. The Twitter, the moving to Twitter, and then once that one started, like every other stand account, like for like Ariana Grande or Taylor Swift, just like each time we posted a new one, like the like Beyonce stands found it out because they like saw the next person they're just waiting on it. So like it started a bit of a um, wave. Hopefully we took a bit of time off. Um, hopefully it'll calm down, but um, it was definitely favorite pop tart. Totally, I can. Text him right now. So like, yeah, I, I texted our, our manager so many times. He like would send me he's like, "Oh my god, look what this person said." And I was like, "I can't even read I, that." I, I, I was like, "I'm in public right now. That is graphic. That there's nudity in that one actually." Oh. Like I was just like, yeah, it was a lot." Um, don't like you know, sexualizing sports never never a great thing. So, but it was yeah. definitely not intended. We like we've posted like those kind of videos before. And they had popped off, but they had never made it to Twitter before. And it's like, and we've gotten some, like, we've, re- we've read the comments. Some people are gross on TikTok, but, like, it was a whole another level on Twitter that I could not believe. So, definitely unexpected and shocking. But, once again, it, you know, we gained 10,000 followers on TikTok in, like, a week. So, it's like, well, um... You know, yeah. I guess that's cool. You have random followers on your Instagram, so when I comment mean things as a joke, people respond to me as if I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, the one that I got like a lot of views on. They're like, you should like go back handspring, and they're yeah. like, like <laughs> so because I was being so mad. Like I posted like what the one on TikTok I did once. Someone was like, do the Samoa Bow's hardest skill, which I assumed was triple double. So I posted a video of me like doing it on the mats in the pit. I was like, oh, almost ready for the floor. Brother. And someone was like, you didn't do the back handspring, and I'm like. That's not the part. Honestly, I could argue that doing it without the back handsprings is harder. Not for me, because my back is really bad. But, like, someone that's good at back handsprings finds back handsprings easier than someone who's bad at back handsprings finds round off easier. So, like, there's a bunch of people who, like, basically were saying I didn't do the skill right because I didn't do a back handspring. And I was just like, okay, enough from you. But, you know, I just, we'll just like follow the trends, I guess. Instagram. 
I appreciate them. They're really fun. They make me laugh like 99% of the time. So I don't appreciate that you stopped tagging hashtag Etal Jim though. I think you need to bring that back. I think that's what will get you more followers. Yeah, that's true. My reels have been kind of flopping and that was one thing that I stopped doing. But that's just because I decided that I was going to um, stop doing as many hashtags because someone told me that you can't do too many or then the algorithm gets confused or something um so i did like three but you tell jim definitely needs to be the it needs to be the only, main. if i do if i do one it should be that one exactly so that's my bad yeah so that's how you can fix your social media presence so i'll definitely let our tiktok media guy know that he needs to start taking you tell jim yeah I think that would probably help your reels gain more popularity. And it'll steer it away from the hungry stands. Exactly. Because they'll see hashtag Etal Gym, and instead of being hungry for people, they will be hungry for pasta. Or Parmesan cheese. Yes. Okay, well, I think that's about all we have for today. I hope you all enjoyed. Um, Make sure to like, subscribe, rate this five stars, turn on post notifications, download this podcast. Um, Venmo Grace a million dollars. Yes, please Venmo me. Um, subscribe to my YouTube. Vlogmas starts in Oh, I'm so May. excited. It's going to be a month. So if you need, if you, if me doing like three podcasts a week isn't enough of you hearing my voice and you want to hear it more and you want to see my face and you want to see all of the super cool and fun things that I do every day make sure to follow my YouTube and watch me vlog for 24 days in a row that is so exciting I remember last year was my first I joined in watching like halfway through and I was so upset I didn't follow her from the beginning <laughs> that's okay because the first half was really boring because I was still at Marquette and I just wanted to kill myself um Ooh. so I didn't do anything all day except sit in my dorm and then I went home and it was like so much more content I can't wait for it. It will be great. Um, the highlight this year, um, just to get you all excited, I have a gingerbread Target store ready to be built in my house. And wow, it's gonna happen. So stay tuned because it's not gonna happen till later. So that's um that's your incentive to get excited to watch all the other videos to just warm you up to be ready for the gingerbread right. Target store. Yeah, you can't just do the, rip that cold turkey. You need right. You can't go straight into the gingerbread Target store. That's that's too much too fast. So yeah, make sure to subscribe to that at I Hate Grace Two with an eight and a two like the numbers. So it's like I H eight Grace and the number two. Subscribe. Okay. Thanks, guys. Doing See so. you next time. Peace.